Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm always thankful when you spend time with me. And I'm hoping that your Monday is going well, and we are praying for a really great week. So I hope you enjoyed last week where we really did a restart and we kind of let you know the origins of the show, how we started it, why we started it. So I'm hoping that you enjoyed last week. And this week we are going to talk about the dilemma of change. And change, we are always needing to be able to change. And change is inevitable. And you know the famous saying, nothing is permanent except change. The only constant is change. Nothing endures but change. And I like this uh, quote from Heraclitus of Ephesus. This is 535 B.C. to 475 B.C. is when he lived. And he was a Greek philosopher, and he was known for his doctrine on change being central to the universe and for establishing the term logos, which in Western philosophy is the meaning both of the source and fundamental order of the cosmos. So, change. Change is always occurring. So, the only thing you can depend on is change. So today, we're really going to address the dilemma of change. The types of changes that we do, what results from change, dealing with the resultant loss or gain, the difference between positive and negative stress and loss, and how to make pain for gain, and how to support and help others in their change process. And you may have heard me tell you this quote that God gave me, and I, I, it really gave me some great insight when I thought it. And it's that you have pain for gain or pain in vain, but there will always be pain. So change is, is sometimes very painful. It's stressful on us, and it, it, it grows us, it stretches us. And if we allow the pain of change to be for gain, then we are always going to be stronger, better people. If we resist it, change will break us, because change is inevitable. And I like this, this quote. This is from a man named Harold Wilson in his speech to the Consultative Assembly of the Council of Europe in Strasbourg, France, and this was January 23rd, 1967. It's a very deep saying. He says, he who rejects change is the architect of decay. The only human institution which rejects progress is the cemetery. (laughs) I'm gonna read that again because I really like this. He says, he who rejects change is the architect of decay. The only human institution which rejects progress is the cemetery. So the unhappiest generation is the group most afraid and resistant to change. 
afraid to evolve from the fashions, the lifestyle, the music, the expression of their earlier years. Now, this doesn't mean we have to abandon all that was meaningful to us or comforting or familiar and poignant, maybe even sacred, but we must adapt. I, I, you know, I, I, my 20s was the 80s. I really was an, I'm an 80s girl, and I loved the 80s. I loved the music. I loved the fashion. You know, I, I, I loved everything about the 80s, and it's no longer the 80s. <laughs> so it's 2018, so I really do need to adapt. And one of the hardest things I had to do was adapt to technology. I didn't want to learn a computer, and I didn't want to learn email. I really did want a cell phone. I, I liked I liked uh, cell phones a lot, but I didn't. I didn't like all of the computer and the technology and the emails, and and I really had to adapt because, you know, being relevant and being current is also one of the ways that we do relationships well and that we know God because God is always current. He's always current, and so we might be afraid. And if we need to do it afraid, then we do it afraid. And I like to use my mother as an example. She's 85 years old, and she takes herself to the Apple store. I mean, that's courageous. I, I'm intimidated sometimes to go to the Apple store. My 85-year-old mother drives herself to the Apple store and makes sure that her computer and her phone is working appropriately. And the main reason that she does this is that she doesn't want to lose contact with her grandchildren. And her grandchildren, obviously, are very techno-savvy. And so they text her all the time, and they email her, and they call her. And, and so it's really, really amazing. Because, see, if we're 50 years and older, many times we may feel invisible or marginalized. And, and we might retreat into our own little microcosms that share our same need for familiarity. But retreat means staying stuck. It's being the walking dead. And this is not to say, again, that we abandon what's familiar and comfortable. It's that we use our arena of familiarity as a platform, a place to strengthen us, to give us courage, and to encourage us to venture out into the world. Why? Because whether you realize it or not, the world still needs every age group. Whether you are 12 whether you're 22, whether you're 42, 62, 82, 92. This is really important to understand because unfortunately, we rarely get to see or hear the impact that our age is having on those around us. Think of how you feel when you interact with a really precocious 12-year-old. It's invigorating. Or you talk to a really energetic teenager. What if you're 50 or 60 or 80? And, and I tell people this, you know, my mother is showing me how to live that age. Even if she doesn't know I see it, I do. So every age we are is relevant because younger people are watching. We don't just want to be an example of how not to be. We want to show them how to age graciously, gracefully. 
and to embrace the fact that God still sees fit to keep us here. Now, personally, sometimes I really do just want to be done. It's really tough down here, and it doesn't seem to be getting any easier, that's for sure. So I want you to ask yourself, what has changed in your life? Have you had an addition to your family, maybe a baby, a new spouse, stepchildren, a pet, a new job, loss of a job? Have you experienced the loss of a baby? Maybe the loss of a spouse, maybe there is a, a divorce even. Maybe the loss of a pet, a sibling, a friend, a parent, a co-worker. Maybe it was expected, maybe it wasn't expected. How about a job change? Maybe by your choice or maybe that change was thrust upon you. Maybe an unexpected demotion or promotion. Or in today's world, just added responsibility. You know, maybe the, you moved, you have a bigger house, or you, you lost your house, or maybe experienced a fire or a break-in. How about a major physical change? You became pregnant, you gained weight, you lost weight. Maybe you were injured, had something corrected. How about a prolonged illness that you didn't expect? Or how about you're the one that won the lottery? Or someone stole your life savings, like a bad business deal or investment? What if you just noticed or having to face the fact that you're really aging? Or you're young enough to notice that, wow, you're finally going into puberty, or your kids are moving into puberty. And it's sometimes really shocking and, and a little destabilizing. See, these are all examples of change that create stress and loss. So again, we're always going to have change. Change is inevitable. And even if it's a good change, it still is a stress. Every loss has a gain, and every gain has a loss. So I want you to think about that. If I gain one thing, there's something that I also lose. And if I lose something, there's also going to be a gain. So, because change produces stress and creates loss or losses. So even if the change is positive, there, there's going to be stress, some kind of loss. Stress and change are two dynamics that humans tend to dislike and oftentimes resist. And we know this to be true because stress and loss, even if it's positive, are at the least uncomfortable and sometimes excruciatingly painful. So I had this thought the other day when I was really looking at, at talking about this. You know, I wonder if plants, if plants had voices, what the growth, the strain would sound like. Like the bursting of a flower bud opening up. You know, we see it as beautiful. I, I wonder if it's painful to that flower. The partial dying process as those plants go into fall. You know, we see that as beautiful. 
But actually, there's a dying process in the fall. Because then spring comes, and it's this beautiful life spring that occurs. But what would that sound like? Would the, would the trees be groaning as their leaves are turning? So the many quote-unquote fall seasons we experience in our life, I, I, I would wish they would be so beautiful. And they should be, because if we trust God, we know that a new spring is always coming, even if it's our last spring, which is heaven. Because in heaven there is no more dying. And we do know that humans by nature gravitate toward pleasure and naturally resist pain. So the seasons of life are stressful. And stress always creates a critical juncture for us. Are we going to let that pain that's created by this change be in vain? Or are we going to allow the pain of change to be for our gain? Remember, we can either have pain in vain or pain for gain. But there always will be pain down here on this earth because we live in a fallen world. So you see, God designed humans for stress. It's a part of his creative process. Stress creates change, and change creates stress, and hopefully manifests as new strength, beauty, and depth. But choice is the operative word here. Because we as humans with free will, we can decide how we deal with, respond, or react to stress and change and the pain that results. We have choices. So there's a plethora of lit literature that expresses the resultant beauty of pain. And we have example upon example, story upon story, that exemplifies this phenomenon. Think of the, just the life of Jesus, his death on the cross, and his willingness to go through that pain for our gain. See, I, I think it must bring God such heartache to see that pain many times brings out the best in humans. And I frequently tell people, you know, if there's anything good in a person... Pain will find it out. If there's anything good in a person, pain reveals it. Sadly, ease and pleasure oftentimes produce nothing valiant or admirable in humans. This only occurs if the pleasure and the ease are a byproduct of overcoming or enduring some great and painful hardship. And so like the bloom after a long, cold winter, we see even in nature, the old has to die for the new to come. The saying, there are reasons, there are seasons for a reason. And I like this, that in, um, on May 31st, in the devotion, Streams in the Desert, it gives this metaphor of wood fiber due to straining, and that those ships 
that endured years and years of sailing the oceans became the most valuable wood when they made furniture from it. Because the straining of that wood created beautiful color and depth to the wood. And it became some of the most expensive furniture on the planet. And there's also that analogy of the rocks at Pebble Beach are, are sought out by people all over the world. But those rocks are tumbled and tumbled by the ocean hour after hour, day after day. And it makes for these beautiful, polished rocks. You see, because change is inevitable, we oftentimes work harder at resisting and fighting the inevitable rather than growing through it and becoming stronger people. We use the pain, we use all of our strength to fight it and resist it, which makes us more breakable. The strongest trees don't resist growing. They dig their roots deeper and then they are able to handle the strain of a storm so much better. All their strength is used to drive their roots deeper and wider. They don't, they don't resist or, or, or try to change a storm. They don't fight a storm. What they do is they dig their deeps, they, they dig their roots deeper and wider. And so this way the tree is able to stay vertical because of the roots versus all, using all their strength to fight the buffeting of a storm. A tree can't change or hide from a storm. See, when we try to control and mitigate the storms of our life, we use all of our strength and energy to fight something that, that, that is inevitable, that we have no control over. The storms of life are coming. And if we will use our strength to dig our, our roots, our spiritual roots, our emotional roots deeper, we then allow the pain that that stress and loss brings to activate more depth, more courage, more valiancy. If we don't, then we begin to rely on defense mechanisms. And these defense mechanisms are, are usually manifested. What you'll see is avoidance, resistance, control, aggression, dissociation, intellectualizing, numbing, ma manipulation. And these defense mechanisms were created by us, not by God. That's part of our fallenness. And al although these defenses may have helped us survive life, they didn't help us to thrive. Conversely, they actually become more counterproductive and outdated. And what this simply means is that the defense mechanism, which was once necessary possibly for survival, has now become ineffective and inappropriate. And consequently, that defense ends up creating more stress and increasing more loss. See, generally, defense mechanisms begin to create the very problems we were defending against. So if you look at all these types of changes, 
what losses may you incur? What possible gains may the changes bring? Because remember, every loss has a gain, every gain has a loss. So think about a new baby. How wonderful that is. But how much it alters your life. So now there's the loss of time and freedom and the attachment to this baby has the potential to bring such great joy but also some great pain. And think about the loss and the gain of a person that has struggled with a terrible, terrible illness or the loss of a job. Where might the gain be in the loss of a job? Maybe that God is opening up a whole new door for you that you didn't even know was possible. So there are three types of changes. And we're going to really focus on them tomorrow in, in great depth and length. And um, these, these changes, they have differing variations and combinations. And and they're all, they, they kind of are interconnected. They all affect one another. And so the first change, this is the change that we usually handle the best. And that's the change that we generate. It's my choice. So I choose to get married. I choose to change my job. I make New Year's resolutions. But remember, the first week of New Year's, we talked about positive intentions and not New Year's resolutions, right? Maybe I, be, I began a relationship, I ended a relationship, I decided to go to school. And so you want to think about the types of changes that come with this. And so think of some of the questions we might want to ask ourselves when we're considering initiating a change is, are these changes I need to initiate? Are these changes I need to accept? Is there something I can control? Or do I need to just simply accept it? What are the losses that I'm afraid of? What am I doing to manage the stress of the change? And am I, am I growing up? Am I choosing to grow up? And secondly, these changes, they're, they're, the second type of change is the one that is predictable, unavoidable, or inevitable like aging. I don't really have a choice about that. I do have a choice about how I manage that, but I don't have a choice about whether or not I will age. And so how do I deal with changes that are predictable, maybe even undesirable? And then lastly, the last change, and this is the one that is the most painful and the most difficult. This is the change that is thrust upon us. I didn't ask for it. It wasn't inevitable. It just hit me. Came out of nowhere. These are like, this is like 9-11. These are like storms. This is a, um, I find out I have a, um, a malignant tumor or disease. And these three types of changes, whether they're unexpected, self-generated, or predictable, can be either positive or negative. 
So join me tomorrow. We're going to talk more about these changes and how we manage that because we want this year to be a really good year. So I'm glad you joined me today. I want you to have a great day. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And thank you, Jeremy. He's the greatest producer I've worked with. So have a wonderful day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.